Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Are you a child of God? Then you are overcoming in Jesus' name. Amen. Were you blessed by today's film stars, testimonies, the choir? I believe God is already, God is already speaking to us. Amen. And um, I was blessed by what our brother shared with us from Wisconsin. He said, when you are listening to um, the preaching or the word of God coming, God will touch you and speak to you about something that may not seem to be exactly what is being taught. But uh, Jesus said, blessed are your ears for they hear. And I believe that God really is trying to speak to us all the time. And when we come to gatherings like this, it's easy for us to get used to coming to church. But each time we come and we gather in the house of God, his voice is here and he has a message for you that's going to change your life and transform who you are. Amen. So I want to encourage all of you as we enter into the next phase, which is the time to hear the word of God. You know, some of us are coming from campus. We've been in lectures today the whole week and we are distracted. A lot of people in our age are always on their phones and cannot concentrate for a long time. I want to encourage you. Let's listen to what God has to say. I tell you, in these moments, God has something to to tell you that will really change, bless, and transform your heart. So let's open up our hearts. Let's be ready for what God has for us. Tell your neighbor, pay attention. God has something to say to you. Amen. Right before our pastor comes up to preach, we always sing our song of faith, which says that nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. If you are here... For the first time, the words are on the screen and you can learn and you can sing along. Come on, let's sing it. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible. It's impossible when you're trusting in At the back, let me hear you sing. Hark into the voice. All over this place, sing. Is there anything too hard? Hard for me. Put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word for everything, oh everything, yes everything is possible Come on everyone, this is a church that sings. Lift your hands and sing, nothing is impossible. It's impossible when you put your trust in God. Everyone in the room singing. Nothing is impossible. impossible when you're trusting in His word. Talking to the voice of God. Talking to the voice of God to me. Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon. Come on, church. Are you excited to hear the word of God? Everything. Oh, everything. Yes, everything is possible. Lift your hands and give the Lord a shout of praise and expectation. On the stage is our prophet, Bishop Dag Heward Mills. 
Your life is about to be changed and transformed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, which art in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity. We ask you to speak to our hearts in a special way today. We are grateful that you include us in your mighty grace, mighty mercy. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Have mercy on our lives, we pray today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, you're all welcome to to, tonight's special service. Amen. And today I want to share with you about the prodigal son. Amen. Last week I shared with you about the prodigal son and I'm sharing with you again. Why not? Prodigal son is a story that Jesus Christ told. And sometimes we don't really know whether there was a real person that he was talking about or it was just like a parable. But whether, whichever it is, it sounds very real. And it is also a very real story. So we're going to read from Luke chapter 15, verse 11. All right? And it says, a certain man had two sons. All right? And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Now, when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. Verse 15. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and I will go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me 
as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I was studying in an agricultural university and I've completed my master's. Is that what his son said? No. His son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again and he was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Amen. Now, his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what those things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which has devoured thy living, with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's a story, isn't it? Interesting. Very interesting story. Now, we start again from the top because this is a story that can be commented on uh, for a long time to come. The Bible says that the certain man had two sons. Again, you can have two people from the same womb turning out completely differently. Never gain confidence in a group that you belong to. Because you'll be shocked that even though you are in a group like this family, two boys, one is very different and one is going to end up differently. Some years ago, I had a friend who was a specialist in drinking and fooling 
and going to nightclubs, taking whatever drugs and what have you. That was his speciality. And driving late at night at top speed was also one of his specialties. You know, some people specialize in stupidity. Do you see? So, this was his specialty. And one night, he was in a group with a group of friends. Do you see? And um, they were driving, as I said, at top speed after being in the nightclub till almost the morning and drinking, fooling, smoking and doing every foolish thing that can be done in the night. Then as they were going, he decided to relax. He was in the co-pilot's seat. Decided to relax in the chair. His friend was driving the car. Then he said, Charlie, make you play some sounds so that we will enjoy in the car. Because it's a groovy time. We are high. We are on top of the world. Take me higher. So, in those days, you know, now you, you use um, pen drives and things like that. But in those days, we used cassettes, tapes. Do you see? So, there were many tapes there. So, it's the guy said, Charlie, make you play because it was, he was going at top speed. So, he just drank, fooling, stupid, bad, everything. Do you see? So, the guy said, Charlie, make you play some sounds. So then he, he picked there were about seven or eight tapes there, you know, small cassettes. So he just picked one and then he put it in. It goes in. Well, those of you who don't know how the cassette, it, when you put it in, it goes, it swallows it. <laughs> it sucks it in. Yeah. Now, when the tape went in, they had the shock of their life because suddenly the sound of preaching Yes. So his friend was shocked. He said, Ah, wait till be this. <laughs> what are all these? Wait till be this. Preaching. But you they listen to preaching. Then the guy who was driving said, Charlie, we for secure ourselves. So. so you see, as they were driving at top speed, you know. Ready to go into eternity to heaven or hell, they are not the same. Because this guy has been listening to preaching and maybe he has given his life to Christ already. Yes. People are somewhere. So it's like you are all foolish so that you all go to hell together. But not knowing the guy has been securing himself with some preaching, the guy told me, I had the shock of my life. Yeah. He told me himself. He said, I had the shock of my life. I said, where we all the fool, we Charlie, we boost. We they go hell together. Yeah, not knowing that you they listen to preaching. Hmm. So later on, this guy I'm talking to, he gave his life to Christ. That's what he was telling me. 
He said, I unbelievers, you think that you are all fooling together. And that's, then he told me the story. This one, he told me himself. He said, look, Charlie, I saw that I was a fool. I thought that we were two driving in the car. No, no, that one was going to heaven. One was going to hell. So those of you who think, oh, Charlie, all of us in the room, Charlie, we, are, we, we all, they go, we, they go beach. We, they go whatever. You know, one day I saw these people, they were in a canoe. Everybody was moving. They were like happy. Not knowing that some of them could swim. And some couldn't swim. <laughs> yeah. So even though they were in the canoe, they were four. And it was like they were all paddling. All happy. Not knowing that two, you drop them in the middle of the lake, they can swim. The others, you drop them in, they'll start drinking. <laughs> so from today, you don't have to take confidence in any group that you belong to. Everybody is an individual. <laughs> Secure yourself. So a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey to a far country. Now, the problems of this guy, because this guy's future was poverty, was difficult. He had nothing. When he came back, even uh, he was quarreling with pigs over lunch. Do you see what I'm saying? Like he was fighting with pigs over lunch. And, and pigs, like you and a pig, are equal now. Do you see? And when he came back, he had nothing. Shoes, no shoes, nothing. They had to provide shoes, clothes, everything, food to, 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 to bring him up and put him at the servant's quarters. It was the father's mercy that helped him. Now, all his problems came because he changed the relationship with his father. Yes, all his problems began because of a change in his relationship with his father. You see, when you grow up, you are going to agree with many things that your father said or did. Because your father himself may be a very bad man, but at a certain age, he will give good advice. Even if he's a bad man. You get what I'm saying? Because you are likely to agree with the fathers as time goes by. Now, this boy decided to change the relationship that he had with his father. And rather, he wanted to secure independence from his father. It's like, I know you have money. But I want to have anything you have that is for me. I don't want to take more than my part. Give me what falleth to me. And I'll know how to do things myself from now. 
Now, independence is not necessarily a good thing. Because when you are not ready to be independent and your mind is not well developed, you may become independent, but the independence itself will drive you to a crisis. Okay? Let me not comment about the independence that has come to many nations. Do you see? Let me not comment about it. But what I would rather speak about is a child who is in the mother's womb and who desires independence. And the child says, look, why am I being restricted? Do you not walk around freely? I've never seen the sunlight before since I was created. You have restricted me and confined me into this dark space in the womb. Why can't I use my own lungs? I just want to ask a simple question. Do I have lungs or not? Do I have lungs or not? I want to know. Do I have lungs or not? Are lungs supposed to be used or lungs are supposed to be kept in reserve? Why do you not allow me to use my lungs? I want my own freedom and I want to be able to use my lungs just as you do. Now, I want to ask another question. Are you carried everywhere? I don't want to be carried everywhere. Now, do you go where somebody else is going every day? How come I have to go where you want to go every day and I can't go where I want to go? Allow me to also choose to go where I want to go. Because you've chosen where you want to go. You get up, you go here, you go to town, you come, you go to school, you come. And I'm, you, I'm everywhere I go, I have to be your stomach. I listen to lectures I don't want to listen to because I'm in your stomach. Let me be myself. And the Bible says, he said, give me what is mine. Give me what is mine. And you notice that it was the younger son who said this to his father, not the older one. Because the Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a young person. Foolishness. But the rod will drive it out of him. So one of the great foolishnesses that you can experience is the foolishness of independence, premature independence, and independence born out of pride. Pride, I feel so big. I can manage my own affairs. You give me them, I'll use it the way I think. I'll use it. Let me decide what I can decide. And you see, ladies and gentlemen, yes, we all have brains. Yes, we all have lungs. Yes, we all have hearts and minds and everything. But many times, your mind is not yet at the level where it will take its own decisions. That's the truth that you have to accept. And when you bring a baby out, prematurely, 
the baby goes into immediate crisis where the child is now struggling to live. That's what we have, what we call NICU, Neonatal Intensive Care Unit. A neonate, less than one month. And the child is now in intensive care, battling for very life. So you start battling for your very life when you become disconnected from the fathers that God gave to you prematurely. Yes, you start prematurely disconnecting. And this boy disconnected from his father. He said, let me just be myself. Let me, buy, let me just be myself. And as soon as you do that, let me be myself, two terrible things happen to you. He says, because the father is the one who later came up and said, this my son was dead. He was dead. This my son was lost. These two words are the worst words that can ever be used to describe your life. But she is dead. And she is lost. Yes. You are dead and you are lost. When you separate from the father God has given to you prematurely and start to run your own affairs prematurely before you are supposed to, these are the two words that can be used to describe your life. My son was dead. And he said it twice. My son was dead. Death. Death comes when somebody is dead. You, although you love him or her, you carry him or her into a grave and leave the person in that dark hole. And the person stays there cut away from you. That's what it means to be dead. You are cut off from all sources of life. And light. There's no light in your life. There's no life in your life. Because you are, you are disconnected from what God intended you to be connected to. That's why Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. You will amount to nothing. And when you grow up, you are going to find out that at a certain point, your father is always right when it comes to whatever concerns you. Whatever type of father, spiritual father, biological father, whatever father, he's right. Yes. And my son was dead. Dead. And my son was lost. You are lost. Ha. Huh. Take a cow. Supposing I take a cow from here and I say, I'm sending you to Tamale. Because there's, you know, at the north, they have more plains, more flat grasslands. I'm sending you to Tamale. So you are free on your own. You go. And I put the cow outside the church gate here. What is the chance of that cow getting from here to Tamale? Do you think he will even reach uh, in Sawan before he turns into kebab? What is your hope? And as soon as the cow goes out, you say, this cow is dead. This cow is lost. Because it's finished. Because it's disconnected from what it should not be disconnected from. 
He's disconnected from what he should not be disconnected from. He said he took his journey to a far country. He wanted to be as far, as far, far, far. I don't want you near me. I don't want you to, I don't want you to control my life. Let me be myself. And that's the story of man. Man wants to control himself. To guide his own life. I don't want God. I don't want God to be near me. Let me be myself and do whatever I want. Bible says because they will not retain God in their knowledge. God gave them up. So go. And any good father, when somebody doesn't want to be with you, you let him go. Since the church began, I always want people who want to be on their own to be on their own. The moment you indicate the slightest desire to be on your own, you'll find me supporting you to be on your own. I don't want anybody to be near me who doesn't want to be with me. As soon as you show the slightest flicker of I want to be on my own, let me do what I want to do, my immediate answer is, here you are. Go this way. Feel free. Because God did not make me the ruler of everybody. And no, no man is greater than this father in this story who had a son who didn't want to be under him. Feel free. Be your own boss. Choose your, choose your own self. I wish you well. And notice that his father didn't curse him. It's not about curses or blessings. It's about whether you are ready and whether you should be on your own. The elder son didn't find anything wrong with being in the house. Why is it that you find something wrong with being where your father is? Being where God is? Being where the church is? How come you want to be far? How come you want to be separate? It's all indications and indicators of something wrong with you. Are you there? So, everybody should watch out. All right? So, the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the goods, the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Amen. Now, you see that you need to check your motives. Do you see? When you are dealing with yourself. Ask yourself, why am I asking for this? You are asking, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. But the real reason is you want to be away from your father. You want to be far, far away. What is it that you are, you are going to do that is far that you can't do here? What, what are you going to do at the far country that you can't do here? Why don't you do it here? Yes. And that's remind, remember the older son said, when this your son who has wasted his life with 
uh, harlots. Do you see? He has done all these bad things. You get it? He has devoured thy living with harlots. So the, the older son knew, had heard a lot, had a lot of WhatsApps and messages about his younger brother. And so he knew things. And he said, this boy has devoured his living and his life with harlots. All right? So brothers and sisters, you know, you must be careful. Sometimes you are camouflaging your evil desires by seemingly asking for some. Because you can't go and ask your father, "Uh, Daddy, can I have some harlots? Can I have some harlots? Do you see? Can I have some harlots? It's like in some way, you get it? To go and ask, Daddy, can I have some harlots? Yes. Can I get some harlots? I want to have some harlots to come to see me because I know some harlots are very good at uh, whatever. You get it? But it's like you can't ask for the, you can't ask for that. So you ask for something which will pass. Yes, you ask for something which will pass. And then, that is the prelude to what you are really looking for. So you have to check yourself. Now, the word prodigal son, surprisingly, is not in the Bible. Yeah, the prodigal son is not, is not in the Bible. People have called this story the story of the prodigal son, but the, the word prodigal son is not in the Bible. Yeah. It is what people have called him. So depending on the Bible, they may write it out or they may not write it, but the word prodigal son is not. But he is called a waster. Do you see? And it says, there wasted his substance. Now, the word waste is to squander and to dissipate, to disperse, to scatter. Do you see? So, as a young person, you can grow up and disperse your life and squander everything God gave you. Your beauty, your handsomeness, your intelligence. Do you see? As you smoke weed. By the way, let me tell you something about weed that is being permitted all the time here. When I was in school, I don't know if it's changed, but I still know it as a fact that I don't think has changed. Somebody can educate me. But schizophrenia, which is madness, and is the Mercedes-Benz of ma- mental illness. Like it's the, it's the most elegant, highest level type of uh, madness. Do you see? It's schizophrenia. And people don't know why people go mad. Like the people you see walking around naked. People don't know why. They, they will say, oh, it's a family history. There's this, there's that. And they walk around totally naked. And sometimes somebody can be in school, like 18 years old, 20 years old. Then he just changes and starts hearing voices, starts doing this. So there are no known causes really. But one of the only causes that I know the only, one of the only things that is known to cause schizophrenia is marijuana. 
The doctors can tell me whether what I'm saying is not true or not. But what I know as a doctor is that it's one of the only things that you know that is a direct cause of mental illness. So those of you who feel, oh, I just want to smoke a 555 or Tosca for men. I don't know what type of cigarette, Rotman's, whatever, and then I now hold, eh? <laughs> what do they have these days? Marlboro, Paul Mall, Indian hemp. <laughs> you, are, you, are, you, see, you are dissipating your mind. You are squandering the brains that God gave you and turning yourself into a mental patient. If you don't take care, you may be one of the people who the thing will strike and cause you to become a mad person. Yes, you, you may be one of the people that will start and trigger, you'll be triggered off into schizophrenia by marijuana or Indian hemp or weed. Or weed. Yes. And I can point people to you to, to know practically who have had that experience. So, not many days, he took his journey into a far country and wasted his substance with riotous living. All right? Now, God has given you so much and you must not uh, waste your life on self-destructive journeys. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. You, you must not destroy your life and you must not waste what God has given you. All right? Because your life is your life. And if you waste your substance, if you waste your money, waste your brains, waste your beauty, all right? It's gone and it's gone forever. Now, one day, I read a book called From Witchcraft to Christ. From Witchcraft to Christ. Yeah. And that book was written by a lady and she, in the, in the book, I think she had a picture at the back of before when she was in witchcraft and then when she came to Christ. And you see the difference in the picture. A same young beautiful lady how she looked when she was in the witchcraft and how she looked when she was in Christ. You see, she looked so horrible when she was in the witchcraft. And that's why she wrote the book, From Witchcraft to Christ. You see that your beauty is gone when you give yourself to sin. Your niceness is gone. Your handsomeness is gone. Your energy is gone. Your, your intelligence looks, you, you look stupid. You look stupid. You've gone to swim in uh, the ocean in the night. No. An ocean, people who can swim are afraid of it in their day. Huh? Yes. I remember one of these airlines, they came, I think Egypt, one of these airlines, they came, the cabin steward, he said he can swim. This Labadi. They went, he went out 
I mean, he never came back. Oh, yes. Many people have gone this Labadi beach. And because of the harbor they've built there in Tema, they've deepened it, has changed the currents everywhere. You can step in before it's taking you. And you are not afraid. You are going to have sex in the water. Where, where you cannot swim. And you are going into the water in the night. You are a dissipator of your life. You are a disperser of your life. A scatterer of your life. Yeah. You are not afraid to dissipate your energy and to dissipate your very life. And that's what the Bible says that he took his journey and wasted his substance with riotous living. And riotous, you get the feeling of like anything I feel like doing, I will do. Any boy I see, I, will, I can sleep with him. I can do anything. Any girl I get, I can do anything with her. Riotous living is like Charlie. There's a riot. Now there, we nothing go fit control us again. Riotous living. And there, he wasted his substance. So I tell you, God has given everybody here something precious in this life. You'll be shocked to see your father praying over you and your mother praying over you when you were born. How they prayed over you and they dedicated you to God. And they, and they even gave you some of the names you see. You, you are called Moses. I mean serious names with a lot of implications. Moses. I mean Ezekiel. Think of the type of names that you are bearing. Jehoshaphat. Huh? Shadrach. Lokos Shadrach. Shadrach. Meshach. Abednego. Daniel. Serious names with serious implications. And look at the big name you are carrying. And look at what you are doing. You are dissipating your life. Squandering your life. On riotous living. A heavy name like Moses. Look at the Moses. Look at what Moses is doing. Paul. You are called Paul. Hey! You are called Paulina. Look at you now. Paulina. How many boyfriends have you had Paulina by this stage? Dissipate your very life on riotous living without bounds, without boundaries, without limitations. You know, I remember a Nigerian pastor told a story one day. I, I didn't know the person, but he seemed to know the person. He said that a man gave, uh, he died, and he, he gave his inheritance, a big house, to his son. And the son was a boozman. Like he was just drinking. So, soon after the Father died and gave him the house. 
This man is always found at the drinking bar. Drinking. Now his money got finished. So he discussed with the barman. He negotiated a settlement. He said, look, I've inherited the house. My father gave me a house. And I want to, there is air condition. I want to bring one of the air conditions to pay for my drink that I've drank, that I can't pay. And the mama said, okay. So they brought the air conditioner and they calculated. Yes. They calculated how much is the air condition and how much is what he has drank. So there was some balance left in the air condition. So he drank the rest of the air condition out. <laughs> yes. So when he finished, I'm talking about dissipating, dispersing, scattering. When he finished that air conditioner, he was still drinking. And now he realized that he has gone further than the air conditioner. So he sat down with the barman again and said, look, there is another air conditioner in the house. The barman said, no problem. Bring it. So he brought the other air conditioner. They did a calculation. He drank the whole air conditioner. And when he got to the end of the air conditioner, he went further again. Until he drank all the air conditioners in the house. And I think he drank the house away. You will never be a foolish man like this. You know, years ago, I used to go to Takorade. My wife used to show me houses that belonged to very rich men in Takorade who died and gave their houses to their children. And showed this one, they sold it, they gave it away, they sold it, they gave it away. Many big, big houses. And I realized how true this story is. God brings you to this world and blesses you with things. You get up and you just waste everything away. But today marks the end of all stupidity and all wasting of your life away. From witchcraft to Christ, you see a different kind of person. You change. You take your picture when you come to Christ. You see how all the pimples of your face will just disappear. Your face will become clear. Your hairstyle that you choose will suit your face. Instead of making you look a certain way. Now. Luke chapter 15. Verse 14. And. Not verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Amen. Now, even though the boy's resources were working, there arose a mighty famine. Something beyond his capability. You see, in life, you get it, there will be a mighty famine. Yes. A crisis and a change you never expected. Yeah. 
He never thought it would be. But when it comes, then you realize that what you thought you had from your father, which you thought could survive, is not able to keep you going. Yeah. There arose a mighty famine. So you must be aware. You see, that is the foolishness where people think, this is, I can make it with this. Give me this amount. And it's good. Let me tell you, money flies away. Money flies away. Money has a funny way. You think that when I get this whole amount of money, it is not. No matter the amount of money they give to you, you find out that it is finished already. And it's like the ability to get more is what you don't know how it works. When Ghana got independence, we had, I think, 500 million pounds in our account. Something like that. I, I don't know the detail, but something like that. But by the time Kwame Nkrumah was overthrown, we had negative. Yes. Negative. Zero to negative. And apparently they kept on alerting him that our money is finished. Our money is finished. Our money is finished. You see, because independence, you know, the ability to generate money is different from the ability to use money or even to use something that has been saved. It is said that only 2% of people are able to increase their amount that they, they inherit. Like, yes, only 2%. Because what, what makes me have money at my age? You may not know what makes me to have money. So you may think that oh, if, if I can take your money from you, you see, I'll be like you. But it's, it's not like that. If you look at the amount of money that England and America have spent on COVID, do you see? Billions. Billions and billions and billions and billions. You see how much money they have available in reserve to spend on so much, on so many things. They have the money. And how to generate it is different from being given an amount and say how to keep things working. That's what people don't understand. That's, that's why I said that when you are a foolish son, you don't know the secret things that your father does that cause him to still be in existence. Yeah. So they may give you a big amount and that will be it. You'll be surprised that you are dry after a short time. Yeah. It flies away. How to keep things going. And so the Bible says there arose a mighty famine. Now the mighty famine is what the foolish son is not expecting. It's not part of the equation. You know, anytime somebody invites you to do business, always remember that there is a mighty famine waiting for every type of business. Only that you've not done that business before. Yeah. If you ever do some business, you see the famine that is connected to that business. I remember one brother, he said he was, uh, his father gave him um, money, uh, some thousands of dollars. And he told me, I'm going to 
export yam. Yams. Yam or yams? Which one is it? Yam. Yam, yams. Yes, yam. I think it's yam is plural for yam. But anyway, yam. But people understand yams. Some people understand the wrong more than the right. Yes. It's yam. But people understand yams more than yam. So let me use the yams. Yes. And his father decided that instead of giving you an inheritance when I die, this is what I have for you. So he went and bought yams <laughs> and took it to London. One container, give me well, a huge container. And when it got to London, he cleared it and then he sold it and he got more dollars, thousands more. And he came back, bought another container. More. <laughs> more yams. Hey! And then he sent it back because other Ghanaians and others want to yam over there. So when it got to land or wherever, they cleared it. He, he so took it out, sold it more thousands of pounds. Then he came back again and came and bought more arms with all the money. <laughs> And this time, when the yam was in the container, there was, you see, I said, and there arose a mighty famine. Something happened that there was a delay for the container to leave. Do you get it? So the container couldn't leave, but he has bought the yam and the whole, this thing was sitting there. So, but the container couldn't leave. Then, Eventually, when it could leave, it left. When it arrived, it couldn't come out. When they opened the container, rotten, there arose a mighty famine, and the yams that was working first time was working second time. You see, because in life, there are certain things that you don't realize will come that Change the equation. That is what a foolish son doesn't know. Yes. It's like, oh my, I'll marry what I want. I'll do what I want. Then you get to a place, you see something you have never calculated for. Never thought that it's possible. Because this boy was not expecting that. Is it possible that a mighty famine, a mighty famine that can come and change my whole life, me that I came with money and inheritance, The yams were wiped out and all the inheritance money went. Almost every business is like that. I saw a man here, he bought buses. Going from here to here. From here to here. From here to here. You know, one day, I I was driving behind a bus and they have painted at the back, pray for transport owners. (laughs) Pray for what? Transport owners, like people who own buses, taxis, tipper trucks, all this. Pray for transport owners. Yes. 
On the first day, the bus was full. From Accra to here. When they reached, they said, ah, we bought fuel, this amount. This is how much we got the ticket. This is amount. Beautiful. Then it goes. Comes. Ah, today we made more. Three times. Four times. Five days. One week. One month. Beautiful. I'm paying the bank. Then there arose a mighty famine. The bus goes to crash. Goes to kill somebody. Goes to do something. Court case. Insurance. Hit somebody's Mercedes Benz. A court case. And the car it hit went to hit the car in front. So the car is three cars plus your car. Yours is port. And the money to get. Police have imparted, impounded three, your bus and the two other cars. You have to go to court. And then it starts. So then a mighty famine arose. There are people who became rebels. So we are going to start churches. We are going to do this. We are going to do no, Then Corona came. <laughs> corona came. Yes. And you cannot control it. You can't control it. Where are the members? Where are the people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Life Life is such that there are mighty famines all the time. And a mighty famine is a change of circumstances which you cannot control. Circumstance which changes everything. It's a game changer. And the Bible says, when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine and he began to be in want. And then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. You see, and he sent him to his fields to feed swine. Now, today God is telling you, when there is a problem in your life, let it be that you find the real solution. This boy, instead of getting it into his coconut, that he better come back to his father, which is the root of the problem. The root of the problem is his disconnection from his father. Rather went to get a citizen of the country rather than his father. And rather went to join himself to a citizen rather than rejoining himself to his father. In Rejoiner's book, The Torch and the Sword, there was a tree which was producing fruit that was killing people. And the whole book is about how they have to neutralize that tree. And the only way God showed them in that it was a vision was to go to the tree itself. And they surrounded the tree. All of them, people that were in that battle, with swords, they put their swords into the root of the tree. There are certain problems, unless you solve it at the root, it will never be solved. And when they put it into the root of the tree, the tree died in front of them. It turned into white powder. 
Your problem in your life is not going to be solved by joining yourself to the wrong person. When your heart is broken from this boy, John, joining yourself to Jim is not going to solve the problem of your heartbreak. That's not the solution. When you are finished with Kweku and Kweku didn't work for you and has rather scattered your life and your heart is shattered, joining yourself to Kwesi is not going to solve the problem for you. It's true. Many people try to solve problems when that is not the way to solve the problem. The solution is not to join yourself to a citizen of the country. What is the solution to the life to life's problems? It's not education. It's not money. People who have money are some of the saddest people in the world. That's why if you like Google after church and see happiest people in the world, it's not the richest countries in the world. Happiest people in the world is not the richest countries in the world at all. Ghana was one, once one of the happiest countries in the world. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if it's still one of the happiest. Ladies and gentlemen, are you listening to me? I'll be coming to the end of my short message this evening. I want you to listen carefully. He went and joined himself to a citizen of the country. Now, the problem went from bad to worse. When you look at your life, things will go from bad to worse unless you get to the root. Yeah. What's the root? What's the root? What's the root of your problem? Tonight is about solving things from the root. Yes. It's about getting to the bottom of the problem. You see how your life is mixed up. Eh? There is a root to why you are crying in the night. When you look into the air, you realize that your heart is breaking. Your heart, because your heart, your life is changing. And you can't get to the bottom of it. The root is what you must solve. Now, when this man went for an alternative solution, not the real solution, things went and got worse. When I went to Israel, the first time I went to Israel, I was staying in a hotel and I was all alone. I was all alone. And so in the morning or the afternoon, the evening, whenever, I was in the restaurant and I look on the menu and I said, what do you have that is nice here? So they, they said, well, we have what is on the menu. So I said, okay, sorry. So I looked in the menu. You get what I'm saying? And then I said, I said, do you have pork? Do you have pork? And the waiter Look at me. What? No. Pork here. There is no pork here in Jerusalem. Don't have pork pigs, pigs here. That is when I realized how terrible it is for this boy, for a Jew to tell you that you have been sent to go and feed swine. Not that to eat it, but to feed it. 
Not fried pork, but you and them are together and you are feeding them. It is the lowest possible situation. He sent him into his field to feed swine. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight God is saying you must come to the cross. The solution to your problems and my problems and every problem is the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. Nowhere else can be a a solution to your life. In Psalm 108, the Bible says, Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Psalm 108 and verse 12. Vain is the help of man. Amen. Psalm 146 and verse 3 says, Put not your trust in princes, nor in the son of man, in whom there is no help. Nobody can help you. No one can help you. But put your trust in God. Instead of going to join yourself to a citizen of the country, the Bible says, and no man gave to him. This is the man who had had parties and parties and parties. Yeah, but now nobody was ready to help him. Many people come to this point in life. They don't do parties anymore. One day I visited a very rich man. Uh, and uh, his, his daughter was telling me, he said, my father used to do parties. She told me, my father used to do parties. She said, he used to bring a band from the hotel and they would set up and do banquets. People used to come here sometimes, several times in a year. They would have banquets. People would come spreading. Then a crisis came. And when he was arrested on some charges which were not really the case, something to do with his transport business and so on, hey, he was taken to prison. They had to do for a long time before the case ended. After that case, no more parties. He didn't do any party for anybody. When I even came to know him, he had stopped doing all those things. He said, people are wicked. Yeah, people are someone. You would think that they will help you when the crisis comes or that they will even stand by you. No. Why do you put your help in man? Don't put your help in any man. Some of us always feel that I'll be the exemption, the exception. Psalm 31 verse 1. Woe to them that go down to Egypt. All right? Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. Amen. You must seek the Lord. And I am glad that I found Jesus. I've not yet met in my life a person who doesn't have problems. All through your life, you are going to see people have issues. And as you are sitting here today, you have issues. You have things. But today, God is telling you, let's all take the sword and put it at the root of the tree. The root of your problem is the fact that you don't know Jesus. The root of your problem is that you are not deep in God. 
Being religious is different from being born again. In Ghana, most of us are religious. Oh, there will be some kind of church in your background. There will be some kind of prayer somewhere. But it doesn't mean that you are born again. It doesn't mean that you are a born again Christian. You know, I used to go to church every Sunday. Because my father told me to go. I, I had to go. I hated, I hated going to church. Ah, it was so boring. Have you, have you hated it before? Raise your hand. I thought I was the only, ah, raise your hand if you, sure. I thought I was an unusual person. No, 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 no. I hate, it was boring. My favorite priest, I had a favorite priest. He used to say, let us sing him two, four, two. We shall sing the first and last stanza. That's my man. First and last. So that it goes quickly. Hey, the priest that will let us sing all the verses. Oh, no, I used to count the verses all the time. We are on verse three. We are on verse four. We are on verse five. And so that there are eight verses. I hated it. It was boring. I didn't know Jesus. Yeah. And even though I had everything, I didn't have Christ. Until the day that I met Jesus. You know, I, I, for me, you see, the contrast between knowing Jesus and not knowing Jesus was like day and night. Yeah. You know, when I was born, I had a godmother from England. My father's friend. And when I was Christian and I was given my names, I was given as a present a Bible and a hymn book. And my mother kept the Bible and the hymn book with her till I grew up. And I had seen it before, but I never, I didn't have it. When I got born again, you know, because reading a book where you know the one who wrote it, and reading a book where you don't know the one who wrote it are also different. When I got born again, I remember the day I went to my mother. I said, Mommy, the Bible, there's a Bible in the hymn book. Is it, do you have it? So she says, I have it. I remember the wardrobe. She went, she opened the wardrobe and took it out and gave it to me. That Bible had some pictures in it as well as writings. For the first time, it became interesting to me. Yeah, and has been interesting since then. Because I find God so real. Yes. God is real. Yeah. But I was grown up. I was grown up. And before that, a Bible, read of Bible, why? <laughs> I, when I see people, I say, ah, these people are hypocrites. That's all that I said. I thank God he saved me. If he hadn't saved me, it wouldn't be good at all. It wouldn't be good at all. Yeah. But one day, I found the root, the answer was coming back to God, to the real solution for life. Having a good home, having a good education does not solve the problem that everybody has. The problem is not solved by having a good education. Look at Europe today. You see that they have not retained God in their knowledge. It's a pity. And so, God is just like the father in this story, waiting. 
for you to come to your senses and say, ah, what are my feeding pigs? What, look at yourself. The boy you are with will not marry you. You know that he will never marry. He's not the marriage marrying type. No, he'll marry around 40 or 45. You know it. But you have maintained him. Think about your life. The stupidity of your situation. And ask yourself, what is there for me? And today, Jesus is just like the father. Standing and watching. The Bible says when he came to his senses, he said, what am I I doing here? Do you know how I came to my senses? I started asking a question. Why did Jesus die for us? My mind began to think. People think that when you become a Christian, your mind stops working. You leave your mind on the car park. No. Think carefully tonight. Why did Jesus Christ die on the cross? So if he hadn't died, what would have happened? Yeah. But ask yourself a question. In 50 years, many of us here will not be alive. Five zero, added to your age. Yeah. I don't think I'll be alive in 50 years. Unless God bless me with supernatural life. Because that will put me in my hundreds. Yes, that will put me in my hundreds. And it will put most of you in your 70s. And some in the 80s. <laughs> but think, think about it. Come to your senses and analyze. What about if you die tomorrow? Yeah, what about if you die tomorrow? Where will you go? How will you go? Where, 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 where will you be? Supposing there is heaven and hell. Supposing there are evil spirits really waiting outside to escort you to hell. Some of you have watched the film Ghost. If you haven't, maybe it may be a film to watch and see because it's a little like this, how it described the rich man who went to hell. Because when the guy died, he came out of his body and he saw himself. And there were evil spirits around. And the spirit want to escort you. Just like the Bible says. So, so, okay, it's not true. But well, suppose it's true. Suppose it's true. How, how is it going to be? Oh, I don't care. So you will care. You will care. Don't say you will not care. You will care. Look at the course you are doing in school. You care now. Now you care. We were not serious when we were doing Wasi, but now you care. The course you are doing now, I'm talking about the course you are doing now. You didn't care. But don't you care now? You are caring. It has affected you. It has affected you a lot. You know, you know when you finish the course, you can't get a job. Yes. You are now looking for masters. And after the masters till today, there's no job. So tonight... Come to your senses and say, Jesus, I see you waving your hand and looking for me. You are calling for me. God is calling you. He's calling me. He's calling everybody here. He's calling all those on campus. And he's calling you when you are a young man. 
is calling you to bow your knees to God and to take Jesus seriously. Yeah. The Bible says he went and there arose a mighty famine. A mighty famine. When the famine comes, it will not be as you think it is. You know, some years ago, I was at Achimota. Yeah. I went to play golf. And I saw a man. And I just waved at him. I said, how are you? And I said, oh, you must be born again. Hey, the man got angry. What? He shouted. Just here, Achimota. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? You just come here, you see us. We are decent gentlemen here. You tell, tell us that we must be born again. Do you know what church? Do you know whether we go to church? Who do you think you are? You can't come here and just look down on people. You think you are whatever. Hey! The man was angry. I mean, like it was like I've lighted a fire. Who do you think you are? You just come and get whatever. What again? Because I don't know who we are. Why? Who do? I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yes, hey, he was talking. He was angry. Oh. Then I said, please, no need to quarrel. He said, look, I am a gunman. I beat. I don't quarrel. Yes. So when he said, I beat, I became afraid. I said, no, nah, this one, I'm in danger. <laughs> so I left him and then I went to play. And I didn't see him again. Now, this was, I think, maybe around August. Then in January, I met him. But you see, sometimes when you're at the golf course, you can avoid people. But at this January, it was the January 2nd or 3rd. I couldn't avoid him because I met him at a corner that we can't avoid ourselves. That's the man who was going to beat me. And when I met him, I felt again like saying, you must be be born again. But I remembered what he told me earlier, that he beats, he doesn't quarrel. So do you know what I told him? I said to him, Happy New Year. Instead of telling him the message of Christ, I said, Happy New Year. There's a normal man who was playing golf. Normal. About three months later, three, four months later, I had a phone call that this man says he needs to see me. I said, me? He said, the, the man who said he doesn't quarrel, he beats. He said he wants to see me. I said, what for? And somebody told me, they told me the hospital, he said he's not well. And he mentioned your name. He said if you can call him. Because you see, when God speaks to you through someone, you remember the words, the person. He, he stretched his hand like this towards me and he said, you must be born again. And I just said, no, it, it's not possible. And I think a couple of days later, I was on the same golf course again. And so I got a message that this man really needs to see you because he was with somebody I knew. The man is really sick. He's at the hospital. He, needs, he wants to see you. 
So I discussed it with my colleagues who I was playing with. I said, do you think I should take this one seriously? I said, yeah. So as we were discussing, we had another call. So the man has died. Yeah. Now, when he died, he, he was holding, this man was also a church member. He was holding, he could see the evil spirits. He said, I can see them. They are coming for me. They are coming for me. You know, the Bible said, let me die the death of a righteous man. Let me not die the death of the wicked. Because, you see, your life may look stable today, but the Bible says that there arose a mighty famine. A, a change can come that can discolor everything of your life. And there arose a mighty famine. He was a well man playing golf. Everything was normal. That's why the arrogance is there. When I preach you a small child like you, you despise me as I'm preaching. You despise me and insult me in your head as I'm preaching. At your age. It's because a certain arrogance that exists because you haven't seen a mighty famine before. That's what the Bible says. And, and there arose a mighty famine and he began to be in one. Things changed for him. He died the death of a wicked man. And he knew he was dying because his daughter was doing an exam and he told his daughter, I don't know if daddy will come back home when he was going on admission. I don't know if I will come back home. There arose a mighty famine. Tonight, God is calling every one of us here to him. Come, come to me. Don't be silly. And stay far from the father who loves you. Since I came to God, I've come to see that God loves me. I've come to see that he's a father who created me. And he loves me. He will never allow, he will do what he can to save you. And tonight, you see, as I'm talking, God is trying to reach your heart. He's trying to reach you. He's trying to say something to to influence you to come to him. Oh, yes. I remember when my son was doing JSS exam, the first one. Hey, I saw that he was failing. Because every question I ask him, he doesn't know. Yes. <laughs> Around November, any question I ask, what is the longest river? He doesn't know. What is the shortest river? He doesn't know. What is this? He doesn't know. Everything he doesn't know. So I decided to study with him. Yes. I said, where are the past questions? Bring it. I went and bought past questions of uh, science, uh, Greek, English. They have some new ones. Something uh, technical, something. I didn't know what it was, but I just read the question and look at the back. For the answer, number one, A, number two is B, number, number two is F, three is true, false, in the night, sometimes 3 a.m. I wake him up. I said, well, you are failing. <laughs> you are failing. Hey, he's telling, he don't know anything. You are failing. I was, I was dying to, I wanted to save him. But I said that you, you will be uneducated. 
Sometimes I used to pack myself. If you don't pass, you sell bread here. You, you do this here. This is what will happen to you. I always tell them, I say, you'll be selling dog chains here. <laughs> you know, a father is always trying to save, he's trying to save his child. Whatever you can do to save your child. Hey. So, I see the love of God for you today. And that's why, you see, the the father was looking. Thank God the father was alive when the boy came back. If he had met the older brother, he would have seen something that day. But the father was watching. When he saw the father, straight away, he said, bring a rope. Don't talk about what he has done. And he never talked to the boy about his sins. He just said, oh, you are welcome. We are having a party for, for welcome party. He never told you you are dead. You are lost. You are the, all those who were truth, but he told it to the other brother, but to the guy himself. He just, oh, we are having a party, everything. So welcome, welcome. Hey. Tonight, Jesus, look at my hand. You see my hand? See my hand? Jesus is stretching out his hand to you. He wants to save you from roasting in hell. Yeah, roasting. There are some judgments which are never changed. There are some judgment when you are put in, they can reduce the sentence. But there are some when you go in, they will never change it. Yeah. That's why some people, when they, sometimes they give them life sentence, they say, you serve 270 years. Meanwhile, you are 53. You know, and they know, they know very well what they are doing. They sentence you to 273 years imprisonment. Yes. Tonight, God wants to save you. You never go to hell because of tonight's preaching. And your life will be saved and changed. And your name will be written in the book of life. Because God is saving you. He's watching out. Look at my hand. He's inviting you. Come. Come to me. Come to Jesus. And I pray today you give your life to Jesus. And I pray today you turn around from the devil and say, Satan, behind me. I'm following Jesus for the rest of my life. God bless you. Stand to your feet, please. As every head is bowed, close your eyes for one moment. You are here. Maybe somebody invited you to church, but deep down in your heart, you want to give your heart to God. Pastor, pray with me. I need Jesus. Maybe a mighty famine has not yet arisen, but you know one day, a mighty famine will come wherever you are today. If you want to give your life to God, maybe you want to give your life to Jesus, pastor, pray with me. If you are here and you want to turn around today, tonight, and say, I want to come to God, I want to come to Jesus, please pray with me. Please help me. Help me to know God. I want Jesus to save my life. If you are here like that, wherever you are, Just stand wherever you are, but raise up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. Just lift up your right hand. Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus tonight. Lift up your hand where you are standing and that is a blessing. God bless you. I see all your hands. I see your hand. Many hands are lifted up tonight because it's a special night. Tonight is a special night. It's a night where you are saying, no more fooling. I'm turning around and I'm going back to my father who made me my father who created me my father who loves me 
My father who is trying to save me, my father who has put his eye on me, he doesn't want to take his eye off me. If you are here tonight, you want to say, Pastor, help me. Help me to know this Jesus. Pray with me. I want God. I want God tonight. Then lift your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. Lift it up high. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see all your hands. Beautiful. If you've lifted your hand, you want to give your life to Jesus tonight, your hand is up, then come to me with your hand lifted up. Come all the way here. Just walk this. Walk to me in the front. Walk from wherever you are. Come. Come from the back. Come from the side. Come from wherever you are. God bless you. God bless you. Is calling his grace will be your cover. Come on, let me pray with you. Come from the back, come from the side. A mighty famine is coming, but you'll be ready because you've come to God. Come on, my friend. Come on, my friend. Give your life to Jesus tonight. Come running, come running. Come from the back, wherever you are. Give your life to God. Give your life to Jesus. Let me pray with you. My sister, my brother, God is calling you tonight. Come to Him. Come from wherever you are. Come from wherever you are. Come from wherever you are. Come on. Give your life to Jesus. Come on. Give your life. Come on. Come on. Give your life. Come running to that mercy seat where Jesus. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you. Come on, my friend. Oh, keep clapping for them. Encourage them. Encourage them. Many people are giving their life to Jesus tonight. What an amazing gospel service. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep clapping for them. Many people are coming. Now, I'm going to pray with you again for the last time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Before I pray, I want to give you one more chance. You know, I feel that there are some people, you came tonight, but you have not yielded to God. Do you know why? You've not yielded to God because you are, you are hard. You are hard. It's like, you don't, you don't just say yes. You not just say yes or say no. Even if a boy is chasing you, you not just say yes or just say no. It takes time to convince you. But God is saying to you tonight, this is your open door. This is your chance. Tonight is your night. You may not have this chance again. You may not have another chance like this. You see me walking up and down here, waving my hand and lifting my hand. God sent me to invite you to come to him. Wherever you are, I'm giving you the last chance. I see fire. I see the fires of hell waiting to receive somebody here. But God sent me to negotiate for your soul. To speak good words. To save you. To rescue you. To bring you to him. To bring you to salvation. Tonight as every head is bowed and every eye closed. Pastor, I hear you. I hear you. I want to give my life to him. I'm giving you the last chance. Get out of your seat and come right now. Lift your hand and come to God. 
This is your chance. Come on, my friend. Come on. How do you, how do you want me to say? What else do you want me to do? Come on to God tonight. Come on. Call for them. Encourage them. Jesus is calling you tonight. He's sending you tonight. Don't wait till it's too late. Don't wait till it's too late. Come on, my friend. Come on, Jesus is calling. I can come into his presence without me. Into thy holy Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing, your healing. I'm giving chance for one more person. Just, just one more person. You are here. One more. Your heart is beating. Your heart is beating. Should I? Should I not? Should I? Should I not? Should I? Should I not? This is your last chance. Come to God. Tonight is your night. The doors are closing. The doors are closing. The doors are closing. Come to God. Whilst you have the chance, God is calling you. God bless you. Put your hands together as people come to give their life to Jesus. God bless you, my friend. Come on, my sister. Come on, my friend. Come on. Come to God. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. This is your chance. This is your chance. The doors are closing. The doors are closing. The doors are closing. Come on, my friend. Come on, my sister. Come running to that mercy seat. Lift your hands, everyone in front here. Say this prayer. Say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Tonight is my night. No, say it out loud. Everybody join in. Say, tonight is my night. Have mercy on me, Lord Jesus. Please write my name in the book of life. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Have mercy on me. Wash me, Jesus. Cleanse me, Jesus. With your precious blood. Make me a new person. Tonight, I give my heart to God, to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord for saving me wash me wash away my sins with the blood of Jesus make me a new person from tonight I am born again and I'm a child of God I choose Jesus Christ I choose to serve God from tonight I belong to God now lift your two hands like this say after me Satan Satan, listen carefully. In the name of Jesus, I bind you. I curse you. I reject you. I cast you out of my life. Go out right now. In the name of Jesus, I will not obey you again. I belong to Jesus and I will serve Jesus. Now lift your two hands. And say, Jesus, I love you. I thank you. I praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.
Now, what a blessing it is for you to be here tonight, all of you who are standing here. I want to tell you, this is a special gift of salvation for you. Amen. You see, tonight is your night of salvation. This is a changing night. This is what we call a U-turn. U-turn for God. U-turn for Jesus. And from tonight, every Saturday, you'll be here. Yes, because I need you to come back every Saturday to continue. Why? Because if you've taken the first step, why would you not take the second step? It's only logical. Are you listening to me? No, look at me. You have taken the first step. It's logical that you should take the second. Why did you come forward if you are not going to take the second step? Did you not say you wanted Jesus? So this is the right thing. As you've taken this step, this is the beginning of a new life. That's how my life changed. Me, look at me. I'm the one who didn't want to church. I don't want to hear about it. But today, look at me preaching to you. So that's what's happening to you right now. You are changing and you are being saved by the power of God tonight. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to give you a gift. Amen. And give them one of my books here. It's a special gift to you. It's called How to be Born Again and Avoid Going to Hell. Look at this book. It's a special book. How to be born again and avoid going to hell. Beautiful. Now, all of you, I'm going to invite you to follow the lady who is lifted up. It says, our father teaches us to build. Oh. Next week, it should be there. It's called Follow Me, okay? Follow this lady. God bless you. Put your hands together for them. Go this way with the lady. Wow. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, clap for this wonderful so many souls wow wow gospel encounter service is it not amazing amazing salvation amazing salvation amen now let us take our holy communion and just lift it up and let's pray over it father if you have a holy communion Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Whatever he came to do, which is to save us, we receive the body of Jesus Christ. And we thank you. Bless everyone who is a part of this amazing meal with healing and mercy from above. The body of Jesus Christ. Lift up the blood if you have it. Father, let the blood of Jesus wash every mistake away forever. Everybody say forever. My mistakes are washed away. The blood of Jesus. Lift your hands for your blessing. May the blessing of the Lord encompass you. May you have healing in your life every day. Whatever has tormented you, 
up till today. Receive deliverance and protection through this blood that we have received today. Your life will never be the same because of the blood of Jesus. Now, the cup of blessing. You have received a cup of blessing. May the blessing of the Lord rest on you. May you be covered, protected. May you have years of protection. Celebrating 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, 80 years and beyond. Because of years of protection through the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus favors you. And the blood of Jesus covers you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.